Hello again. Welcome to the fourth episode of World of Wallace and Gromit, the podcast, where today I'll be looking at Wallace and Gromit's third short film, A Close Shave, where we are introduced to lots of new characters, including lots and lots of sheep, and Wallace even gets a love interest. So buckle up in your motorbikes and sidecars and we'll set off. The film opens to a scene where we see Gromit sitting up in bed, knitting a very colourful scarf. A heavy rumble causes the ball of wool on his bedside table to roll off, and outside a lorry packed with forlorn sheep drives past. While stopped at a traffic light, one of the slats on the sides of the lorry breaks, and a small sheep escapes and wanders into 62 West Wallaby Street, where Wallace and Gromit live, through the dog flap. When morning arrives, we see the combined dressatron and breakfast dispenser in action again, as we did in the wrong trousers. Only this time... Porridge today, Gromit. Tuesday. It fires porridge instead. The idea is that Wallace catches it in a bowl, only the machine malfunctions and ends up splurging him in a lot more porridge than one man can eat by the time Gromit manages to switch it off. Investigating the source of the problem, Gromit discovers that the power cable has been partly chewed through. And that's not the only thing someone seems to have taken a bite out of. A pot plant, a porridge carton, a newspaper, and even Wallace's favourite cheese. Before they can find the culprit, the phone rings. A request for the services of their new business, Wash and Go Window Cleaning, from the owner of the wool shop in the high street. We then have one of my favourite sequences in the film. Gromit pulls a lever, sending a seated Wallace skywards in his chair, and then he gets tipped up, slides down a chute, falls into his work clothes and deposited into the driver's seat of a motorcycle, clutching a bucket and sponge. In comedic contrast, no-nonsense Gromit walks through a little door and hops into the sidecar. And they're off. At the top of the ladder outside the wall shop, Gromit is taken aback to see a mysterious and large canine figure in the upstairs room, which vanishes back behind the curtains. Gromit thinks nothing of it, and returns to his bungee-assisted window cleaning. Little did he know that this canine figure, later introduced as Wendelin Ramsbottom's dog Preston, would have it in for him. Meanwhile, Wallace enters the shop and meets Wendelin, innocently remarking that she has plenty of wool despite a local sheep rustling epidemic. Wallace is rather taken by her, so fails to notice that she turns a little cold towards him after he mentions this. Upon returning home, Wallace and Gromit find their house has been ravaged. Everything that could or perhaps shouldn't be eaten has been. In the kitchen, they come across the perpetrator, a small sheep. Rather than getting angry, Wallace sees this as a great opportunity to test out his new combination sheep dip and sheep shearing machine in his basement, the Knitomatic. Unfortunately, it doesn't work as hoped, and the sheep ends up being quite harshly washed and shaved, earning him the name Sean. The machine uses his wool to knit a little jumper, which is put on him to keep him warm. As they head upstairs, a hidden Preston emerges and steals the plan for Wallace's knitomatic. Things then all go quite quickly downhill from there. I won't go into it all, but during the rest of the film, we see an innocent grommet framed for a crime he didn't commit. More sheep abductions, a lorry and a motorcycle road chase, a darker, mincing version of Wallace's knitomatic, and culminating in a scene where Wallace, Wendelin, and a flock of sheep end up running for their lives. Will Gromit and Sean be able to save them? If you've watched it, you'll know, and if you haven't, you definitely should watch it. Two years after The Wrong Trousers was released, 
expectations were high for their third adventure, first shown on the BBC on Christmas Eve 1995. Realising the popularity Wallace and Gromit had with the British public, despite having less than an hour of screen time up to this point, the BBC also commissioned a series of BBC Two logos with the duo in various seasonal situations to make sure people knew that this was going to be a Wallace and Gromit Christmas. With great popularity comes larger budgets, and it's rumoured that a close shave cost as much as the year's big British cinema piece, Train Spotting. The story itself is in many ways simpler than The Wrong Trousers, but incorporates a storyline that would be slightly more viable in the real world, but only a little. You'd still have the delights of Wallace's man-cat breakfast inventions, a flying sidecar, a sheep-rustling cyberdog, and the biggest horror of all, someone who doesn't like cheese. Not even Wensleydale. When it came to writing the story, it would have been foolish to split up the dream team that wrote A Wrong Trousers, so scriptwriter Bob Baker was invited back and he and Wallace and Gromit's creator Nick Park set out to come up with the next story. You might have spotted a little recognition of Bob's contribution in the shop name next to Wendelene's Wools named Bob the Baker. Nick had always had a picture of a sheep in the background of the first two films, so it was no surprise to Bob when Nick said he'd love to do something with sheep. Bob believed that the reason Wallace and Gromit was so popular was because of the emotional relationships between the characters. There's something special about the bond between the man and the dog, which gets stretched to breaking point as a result of a penguin lodger in the wrong trousers, but is never quite broken. They wanted to use that same idea of the connection between Wallace and Gromit, but also have a secondary emotional relationship, which would test that connection. An encounter with love. And that was when the character of Wendelene Ramsbottom was born. Ramsbottom. Wendelene Ramsbottom. There were lots of cinematic influences for this film, most notably the 1945 film Brief Encounter, but also The Battle of Britain from 1969, The Terminator in 1984, Thunderbirds, and Steven Spielberg's 1971 film Duel, among others. The approach to writing the film was slightly different from how they worked on The Wrong Trousers mainly because a lot of Nick's sketchbook ideas were used up in the wrong trousers and he hadn't much time to replenish, but also because there were a lot more meetings working out the story and letting ideas fly around, rather than getting down to the details. They made quite a lot of changes to the story before deciding on the final thing in its half-hour form. Wendelene was originally going to live in a manor house, with her butler Preston and her inventor father, who had lost all their money. Wallace was going to have been her gardener, and Wendelene's father was going to have been kidnapped, which then led to the idea of rustling and a robot dog being the criminal leader of the operation. A wonderfully absurd plot, and a different feel to it than The Wrong Trousers, more drama and action, extra characters, romantic scenes, and a larger production operation. Having a larger crew meant they could shoot the film much faster, and with that many sheep it would have been a challenge for the size of team they had used previously. Unlike The Wrong Trousers, where Nick Park and animator Steve Box were the only animators working on it, a close shave had about seven animators and a production manager. With so many people to direct, Wallace and Gromit creator Nick found that he had very little time to actually do any animation himself, but despite the stress, it was hugely important for him to do the final tweaks of the characters to get the right look for continuity and make sure they've got the personality they should have. This led to Nick organising a fortnight of masterclasses with the animators prior to shooting to help them understand how Wallace and Gromit behave what their key movements and gestures are, and how to go about the delicate art of animating the characters' eyes and brows to help make sure they all look like they're from the same world. It was the first time he'd been less hands-on, and although he didn't feel out of control, 
Telling people exactly how you wanted it and trusting they'd understand certainly took some getting used to. Having worked on Wallace and Gromit before, it was a great relief to Nick that he could let Steve Box just get on with his sections, particularly focusing on Wendelin and the whole Woolshop romance, as well as imparting the menace of Preston's character in him. Like with Feathers McGraw in The Wrong Trousers, I really like that the villain is silent, because it somehow makes everything he says with his body language just that bit more evil. A real bad guy. I find the animation has a greater impact when you really notice the smallest movements, and they all manifest in quite a complex character, despite never hearing him speak. Although the film has many funny moments, by keeping the seriousness of the characters themselves, it makes the whole story much more believable, despite its absurdities. Overall, Nick wasn't as happy with a close shave as he was with the wrong trousers, as he felt it didn't quite have the boldness he had aimed for with the chases and surprises, and with more characters the story didn't fit as comfortably into 30 minutes as he'd have liked. Despite Nick's reservations, the film was received with great enthusiasm by the British public and the world, winning the 1996 Oscar, BAFTA and 16 Animation Festival Awards globally. When it came to the character of Wendelin, she was inspired by the theory that we often fall in love with people who look a little bit like us. If you took away the neat brown bob and makeup, you'd get a face not that dissimilar to a certain inventor we know. Even the big hands are similar, which form part of Wallace's attraction to her. Alternative names for Wendelin included Bodicea, Magnolia, Wallette, Wallina, Arabella and Annabella, and she was voiced by Anne Reed, who was one of the regular characters in the late Victoria Woods TV comedy Dinner Ladies. The character of Preston was originally going to be closer to that of the dog Philip from the later Wallace and Gromit film, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Named after Nick Park's hometown, he was originally going to have a meat-making factory in the basement of the Ramsbottom Manor, but for ease of storytelling, it was decided he'd steal the plans for Wallace's Knitomatic and adapt it instead. A few fun facts for you. The 5,000-piece jigsaw puzzle that Gromit makes in his cell actually has 104 pieces. And to make the foam in the window-washing scene, the animators use a combination of white hair wax and glass beads for the bubbles. Apparently, Feathers McGraw also appears in a shot in the film, but very few people have spotted him outside Ardman. I must say I look for him every time I watch it and haven't seen him yet. Sean becomes a bit of a star after appearing in a close shave. He ends up getting his own spin-off TV series, which then also has a spin-off series, Timmy Time, and two feature films, in addition to games, books and other toys and merchandise. Producing the music for a close shave was a level up from the long trousers. With finances for a large orchestra of 65 players, there were more people involved in the decision-making process. This comes with its own challenges for the composer, with more people to please than just the director. The style of music composed was inspired by that of the film Brief Encounter, where part of Rachmaninoff's second piano concerto is used as its theme. The Wallace and Gromit composer Julian Knott used a similar idea for Wallace and Wendelin's love theme. shave was a bit of a test for Ardman to see if they could scale up their operations and survive more industrial processes while still retaining the feel of the first two films. Knowing they wanted to make a feature-length film in the future, this was regarded as a dry run to see if they would be able to keep up the energy that's so important in making a film. 
Thankfully, all went well, and the stage was set for Wallace and Gromit's biggest adventure yet, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. What do you think of that then, Gromit? Today, I'm going to be looking at a book called Wallace and Gromit and the Lost Slipper. This is a relatively old book published in 1997, a couple of years after A Close Shave was released. It's no longer in print, but I managed to find a copy in a local charity shop, and I must say I really enjoyed it. I believe it's the first book in a series of comic strip adventures for Wallace and Gromit, written by Tristan Davies and Nick Newman, guided by Nick Park, and tells the story of Wallace and Gromit travelling back in time in search for a lost slipper, but a malfunction in the space-time continuum lands them a lot further in the past than they had hoped. We meet several new comical characters from the past, like Baron Wallace de Willis from the time of the Normans, as well as caveman Ugg Wallace, while Wallace and Gromit search for a character who seems to have stolen their lost slipper. Or has he? Also in the book is another story, The Curse of the Ramsbottoms, where we are reacquainted with Wendeline in the great Ramsbottom Hall, where she now lives with her cyber butler Preston and her rather uncouth fiancé cheese businessman, who Wallace and Gromit discover has evil plans up his sleeve. Can Wallace and Gromit save Wendeline from a disaster marriage? And what is The Curse of the Ramsbottoms? I really enjoyed these stories as they're fun, with the same style of writing as the films, but in a comic book format. They had good characters in, and plenty of puns hidden in the panels. It was also nice to have Wendelin appear outside her film, with a little homage to the original plot for her in a close shave. If you do come across this book, and fancy a quick light read which will make you smile, I definitely recommend getting it. All's well that ends well, that's what I say. Well, that's the end of this episode, looking at a close shave. Do listen next week when we'll be focusing on the longest and most complex Wallace and Gromit film ever made, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Have a good week. From me, from Gromit, from Arj. Au revoir, chucks. <laughs>